I'll be honest with you guys, for the past couple of weeks I've been under a whole lot of stress. I mean, between trying to plan for the next season of this podcast, trying to get this episode, to try and running this whole podcast business, man, it's been quite a lot and it's been so stressful and I feel so overwhelmed. The worst part is that I can't function when I feel so overwhelmed, which means that the business itself cannot move forward if I can't function. I'm not sure if you can also relate to this, whereby you're at a point whereby you've been or are at a point whereby you feel so overwhelmed and stressed and you just can't function. The question becomes, how do we get ourselves out of that situation? Or even better, how do we avoid getting to that state in the first place? Well, that's why I invited Terry McDougall to the show. She's an entrepreneur and coach, and she will be telling us her own experience with stress and burnout and how we as entrepreneurs can avoid stress and burnout in our lives. So, my question is to you. Are you ready to be less clueless? Clueless Entrepreneurs, welcome to the Clueless Entrepreneur, brought to you by the Msane Podcast Network. My name is Lohsi Msane and I am a Clueless Entrepreneur. I'm starting a business and I have no idea what to do. And if you can relate, then you are at the right place. Because this podcast is about helping you and I as clueless entrepreneurs to become better entrepreneurs and more successful entrepreneurs who are less clueless. So, my question for you is, are you ready to be less clueless? Thank you very much, Miss McDougall, for joining me for today's episode of the of the clueless entrepreneur um it's it's such a pleasure to have you all the way from the US you know we are from different parts of the world and here we are talking today and i'm looking forward to our conversation and i hope you are also excited and happy to be here on today's episode Linda i am thrilled to be here on today's episode i we were talking about this before you hit record how amazing it is to i'm in chicago you're in South Africa and we are we're spanning the globe to have these conversations and I am so excited for what we're going to talk about today. And perhaps for those who don't know who you are, can you just please explain to us what do you do? Who is Terry McDougal and what do you do on a daily basis and stuff? Sure. Well, I'm an executive and career coach and also a leadership consultant with companies. I'm also the author of a book called Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. So what I do as a coach is that I work with people that I call um, they're successful but not satisfied. And what I mean by that is if you looked at them on paper, you'd say, wow, what do they have to complain about? They've got everything going for them, you know, good job or, or healthy business and um, you know, making money and um, what do they have to complain about? But a lot of times what happens is that they um, pay a very high price for their success, um, meaning that there's a lot of stress, there's burnout, there's anxiety. Sometimes that can bleed over into relationship and health problems. And so what I try to help people do is to um, shift their mindset 
so that they don't feel like they have to be on that ever increasing treadmill in order to get the results that they need, but also to learn skills so that they can be a lot more in the flow as they're having impact in their business or if they're working in the corporation, you know, at their at their job. Um, so it's just sort of finding that that happy balance where you know the wisdom within them can flow and they don't have to feel like they're constantly grinding. Um, so that's what I do. Oh. Wow, wow. That sounds like something which is very amazing. And I think it's something which we often don't think about when we dream of success and stuff. Um, we don't think that our success might not lead to satisfaction. And that's, you know, a, the sad part about success at times is that we do all of these things, but they don't give us the ultimate success satisfaction that we are looking for. Perhaps, you know, just to still get to know you a little bit more, uh, what got you into that space? Uh, why did you decide to work with people and do such a, an amazing job? Well, before I became a coach, I, I made the switch from uh, the corporate world to running my own business and being a, a coach in 2017. And before that, I spent 30 years in the corporate world. And I was, uh, in the last, say, 12 years, I was a marketing executive for a large national bank. And I led marketing for several um, businesses in that bank. And just in my own career, like, I was always very ambitious. I mean, it's funny because I, I feel like a lot of times we teach what we need to learn. And I have lots of friends who are coaches. And we often talk about how we coach on topics that, we need to be coached on or that we did need to be coached on. And I was definitely one of those very ambitious people who was just going to do whatever I needed to do to be successful in my career. And I was of that mindset, much like you described earlier, that, hey, once I get to that next level, once I get make $100,000 a year, once I get the vice president title, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And that drives us. And so we do a good job and we get to that level. And then we're like, Hmm, how come I'm not feeling happy? I thought that I was going to be happy when I got this. And, you know, the reality it's, is that, you know, no matter where you are, you're still the same person and happiness and satisfaction really needs to start with yourself. So anyway, that's, that's where I came from. And um, I discovered coaching um, when I had a big disappointment in my career at a certain point, I went for a promotion that I thought was uh, kind of a no brainer for me and I didn't get it. And so I, I kind of stepped out and took a, a hard look at myself and, and realized that there were some things that I needed to work on if I was going to be, you know, continuing to move up. And so I hired a coach and that was really a, uh, I, I guess you could say it was a life-changing experience because it exposed me to the to that career. I started understanding what they did. Um, it helped me. I mean, that was probably close to 20 years ago that I hired the coach. And it helped me get my career on a different trajectory where I was really moving up. And I soon got a, uh, a new job that was a big promotion after I worked with that coach. So anyway, it exposed me to the profession. And sorry to make this such a long story, but like even as a, a manager and a leader, I um, I always saw the value in coaching and mentoring people on my team. I just always thought it was like a win-win-win because if you can coach people so that they can step up and do a better job, if they report to you, that only 
helps you, right? Because your, your team is doing all the things that they need to do. Um, it helps the company and it helps the person because they can grow and they can feel more confident and they can show up at work and, and do the best job possible. So I, I was already doing that as a, a leader. And I, when I decided to leave my last company, I'd been there for 12 years and I, uh, you know, just when I looked around, I didn't really see a lot of um, advancement opportunities at that company. So it really got me thinking about like, what do I want to do next? And I, uh, I went back to some advice I got early in my career, which is, what do you like to do? And what are you good at? And when I really got at the heart of what do I like to do? And what am I good at? I realized I'm a good mentor and good coach. And I love interacting with people and helping them. And so that was what led me to go and get a certification in coaching and to start my own business. Wow, wow, wow. That's so amazing. And one thing which I picked up about your journey is that what you are doing is something which is directly linked to your purpose, um, something which is directly linked to your experiences. And you are using yes. those experiences to change other people's lives. And I guess that's something which is so satisfying. And I think we should all strive for, especially as entrepreneurs, you know, it's something we should, you know, strive to do to change other people's lives so once again thank you very much for what you do in your field and i hope all the best for you and perhaps to switch to what we are talking about today how to avoid stress and burnout um perhaps you know how would you describe uh what burnout feels like what does it have you gone through it yourself perhaps and yeah how does it feel like what what, what does stress or burnout feel like yeah you know, you really can't separate work from your personal life, right? So anyway, it and, exposed and me that to the profession you're the person and, that is doing both of these things. And I, when I think back, probably the, the most burnout I've ever been is when I was uh, a young mother and um, my second child was born and I was working full time. And I was expecting the same amount. I mean, I'm married and, you know, my husband helped and everything, but still it was a lot. And I, ex I expected a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm a, I guess I would say I'm like a reformed perfectionist because now I understand that there is no such thing as perfection. But back in those days, I just was trying to hold myself up to the highest standards in everything that I did as a mother, as a worker, you know, trying to care for myself and maintain my weight and everything, right? Like just trying to do everything to the 110%. And I was, I feel like I was almost on the, the verge of a nervous breakdown. And now I understand why, because, you know, we only have so much energy to invest in the things that we do, whether it's work, whether it's home, friendships, our health, whatever. And many of us with work will not stop to, you know, refill the tank. And the way that we refill the tank so that we have energy is that we care for ourselves. We spend time playing, having fun, doing things that we like to do, listening to music, going out with friends, um, you know, eat, stopping and, you know, having drinking water or drinking a beer or whatever, whatever we enjoy doing, that is what refills our tank. And for many people that are really, um, you know, the, so focused on their business, a lot of times they'll tell themselves things like, I don't have time to stop. If I stop, um, you know, my business is going to fail. Or if I don't, if I don't like 
stay up until midnight doing this work for, you know, for my boss that um, I'm going to get fired. People tell themselves stuff like that to negatively motivate themselves. But what that does is it just pushes them and pushes them until a lot of times people will get sick and they cannot go, they cannot work anymore because their mind is telling them one thing. They're not paying attention to what their body is telling them you know, that they're yawning or they have aches and pains or, you know, they can't wake up in the morning or they're cranky and grouchy with people around them. These are all signs that you need to stop and take a deep breath and walk around the block or, you know, just maybe close the computer for the night and just do something that's enjoyable so that, um, you know, we refill the tank. And the other thing I want to I want to um, emphasize is that often people don't recognize that you can have impact, you can have a very positive impact without grinding. Like sometimes the best ideas are going to come to you while you're sleeping, or while you're in the shower, or while you're out with the you know on a walk with a friend, um, or in the bar you know, watching football that like sometimes the, that inspiration just comes to you. You don't have to grind it out to get there. And sometimes that can help us to make leaps and bounds, but yet we tell ourselves like, Nope, I have to grind it out constantly. And that's exhausting. So I I could go on about this forever, but you know, it's really about recognizing in order to have the energy to work, you have to do things that, honor yourself and respect yourself. And that includes having fun and enjoying yourself and caring for yourself. We wouldn't drive a car without going to the gas station and filling it up. But we continually push ourselves to such a limit that our bodies can't take it anymore. And I really do like that point that we negatively motivate ourselves to keep on going when our bodies are telling us to stop, but we don't listen. And I love, I love that point that you need to care for yourself. And perhaps, you know, what are some of the causes um, for the stress or for this burnout um, that causes us to just you know, feel weak or the feelings which you described um, earlier on as you were talking? Well, you know, when I was writing my book, Winning the Game of Work, I was doing some secondary research and I came across this research by a professor at Harvard Business School named Tom DeLong. And his hypothesis is that high achieving people are addicted to external validation. And when I read that, you could have knocked me over with a feather because I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. Um, you know, if people are, you know, say good students or they're athletes and they, they're always looking for the positive validation, right? It, at school, we're like, oh, I'm going to study so that I can get an A on the test, right? And so once we get an A on the test because we studied, that reinforces those behaviors, which, by the way, is delayed gratification, right? So we become addicted to that um delayed gratification of validation by people outside of ourselves, right? What does the teacher think? What does my coach think? What do my parents think? What does my boss think? And so we're looking, we're paying attention to what other people care about. Now, this is part of the formula for success, usually, right? That, that, uh, you know, if you're, 
you have to care what your teacher thinks if you want to get promoted to the next grade, right? You don't want to fail, right? You have to listen. What do they expect? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this. But it gets to a certain point, and particularly if you're a business owner, that you need to sort of like look for balance and, you know, look out and say, what do my customers want or what's my competition doing, right? Like those are important things to do, but you also have to look internally. You get need to get reconnected with your internal wisdom, with the wisdom of the body, not the wisdom only of the mind, right? Like when we can come to a place of balance where it's, we, we're aware of our emotions, where we're aware of what our body is doing, in addition to what our mind is saying, and, and also tapping into the spirits, right? That's, I think that that's where some of those greatest um, ideas come from when we're sleeping, right? That it's somehow our subconscious is connected to things that are bigger than ourselves. And that's where a lot of times, actually, um, I have read that a lot of authors and songwriters and artists will say that they almost don't feel like they can personally take credit for, for the things they do because they feel like they're just a vessel that if they're open, that this inspiration comes through them and they create this and it comes so easily that they almost feel like I didn't do this. I'm just a, I'm just a vessel that this came through. And I know that might sound a little woo woo, but I think that if if all of us are honest, we can probably think of a time when, when we were connected that way and something came very easily to us, um, you know, almost to the point where it felt a little scary. You know, it's like, oh, well, how did that happen? You know, this just it was almost magical. Um, but we all can, we can all connect that way, but we have to believe that it's possible and we have to, in some ways, get past the tyranny of the conscious mind, which the conscious mind will tell us all kinds of things like, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, you're going to get fired if you don't do this, or your business is going to go under if you don't, you know, work 20 hours a day. And the reality is that if you listen to that, you might have short-term success, but you're going to be so burnt out that you won't be able to sustain it. Perhaps I guess we have to sometimes tell our conscious mind to shut the hell up, you know, so that, yes. you know, <laughs> and I love that point that you need to look within yourself. You need to look inward and listen to yourself, which is something which I believe is very important. And you mentioned some studies earlier on, and there are some studies as well about stress that there is good stress and you know sometimes it motivates you to do well to succeed and things like that and it pushes you however stress does have a negative impact it, do it does come to a point whereby it has a negative impact perhaps when does stress you know stop becoming good or having a good impact in your life and it starts becoming toxic where do we draw the line well you know i think it's just really a matter of um being a lot more conscious about moving through the energy levels, if you will, because, um, you know, we all have that fight or flight response, right? Like that's, um, and that's critical for us to survive, right? If you're driving down the highway and a car veers into your lane, you know, that adrenaline that gets pumped into your, to your body, it's sort of like that fight, like, Oh, I have to, I have to respond to this quickly. Or if, you know, if, uh, you know, saber-toothed tiger <laughs> back in the in the Stone Ages. If 
a saber-toothed tiger was chasing you, of course you you know you either need to find a cave to hide in or you need to outrun it. You know, you it's important to have that response. But what happens nowadays is that we're actually not our life is not threatened, but yet we act as if it is. We tell ourselves things that make us stay up, keep us on that high alert. And so really the important thing is to, when we find ourselves doing that, to, to stop and say, am I really threatened? Is my life threatened? How serious is this? You know, to your point, um, a certain amount of stress is, you know, there's positive stress, right? If you've got a test, if you're a student and you have a test tomorrow, um, or if you're a business person and you have a presentation to a big client tomorrow, Yes, like being aware of that and making sure that you've got the energy to put into that is important. But if you push it to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, if I don't if I don't ace this, I'm going to die. That's too much stress. Right. And and so it's a it's a matter of finding that balance um, and and uh, maybe going deep, because often what happens is that we are just responding to a subconscious belief. And again, that subconscious belief could be, if I don't ace this, I'm going to die. Seriously. Like if we go deep and, and if you can bring, if you can really stop and try to think like, what am I believing that is causing me to act this way? If you can bring that to the surface and then ask yourself, how true is that? Because it might be like, yeah, it would be a bummer if I didn't get this new business, but it's not going to kill my business. Right. So I'm not going to die or my business isn't going to die if this isn't perfect. Right. It, it sometimes can allow you to, you know, tap into your higher levels of energy because, you know, fight or flight. I mean, we all know this. Right. That that if you're threatened, you're not going to be able to stop and give somebody a hug. You're not going to come up with the next brilliant idea. You're not going to go and sing Kumbaya with people, right? You're not going to like, you know, give a group hug, right? You're going to be like, I have to run. I have to, you know, you're going to be very tense. You're not going to be able to tap into higher level thinking. And so it's important to recognize that and to calm yourself so that you can rise to a higher level of thinking and access, you know, more of what your brain is capable of doing. Perhaps, you know, something that I've taken out from this and I think that our audience at home should do is write down some of those beliefs, you know, which we have and that might not be true, but our mind convinces us that they are true. Mm -hmm. And I think that might yeah. really help us, you know, be able to reflect and actually look deeper into some of the things which are pushing us, which are pushing us to to, to some toxic living and to some um, yes. toxic stress and stuff. Um, so, you know, what are some of the negative impact um, or what is the long-term effect perhaps of stress, of this toxic stress? What does it do to your life? You did mention that, you know, you become someone who is very tense and you get, I guess you're not very open to other people and yeah, you, maybe you, become distant from the world. Uh, but I just want to hear from you. What are some of the negative or long-term effects of toxic stress in your life? Well, I mean, I'm not a, you know, psychologist or anything like that, but I will tell you what I see in my coaching practice. I see people that 
aren't living life fully. They do have health problems. They may be overweight. They may need to take high blood pressure medication. They may uh, have um, conflict in with important relationships in their life because they um, are so preoccupied with, you know, being so hyper vigilant, looking out there for that next threat that they're not spending time with their kids. They're not spending time you know, caring for themselves. They're not eating right. Um, and I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that it, it bleeds over into relationship problems and health problems. So it's, you know, it's, it's running on empty. That's what, that's basically what this is. And so again, it's like, can you, can you like zoom out from whatever the perceived threat is to see the bigger picture and to see more options for how you can respond rather than just that knee jerk, um, you know, conditioned response. Um, because most of the time that conditioned response is it's from another time in our life. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it, it was funny when you said earlier, like tell that, tell your mind to shut the hell up because yeah, true. It's so true. Like our, our, a lot of times our mind, it's just so persistent. And sometimes we'll tell ourselves things that are almost mean, you know, but you have to also recognize that your mind is trying to keep you safe. I actually call that part of the mind, the gremlin, you know, cause it's like the little guy that's sitting on your shoulder and whispering your ear and being like, Hey, if you don't do this, you know, this bad thing's going to happen. You're trying to keep yourself safe. Okay. So it's not there for you know, any malevolent reasons, it's there to keep you safe, but it doesn't have enough, doesn't have the judgment. It's very black and white. It's either you're going to die, you know, do this, or you're going to die. Right. Um, and obviously there's a lot more gray areas in between like do this or die. Right. And so we have to maybe say to that part of ourselves, thank you for trying to keep me safe. I've got this right. And allow like a higher level thinking to come into it. Um, and I, I also want to mention that the beliefs that drive that kind of behavior are sometimes they're not even our beliefs. It could be things that our parents or grandparents told us when we were children. It could be we developed a coping mechanism. I mean, I've seen this. Like I, I've had clients that grew up in, you know, poverty and a lot of chaos, and they're extremely successful now, you know, monetarily, but yet they still live in fear that, um, you know, they may end up in poverty and that drives their behavior, even though it's, it's not likely at all, right? Like they could quit work and they'd still be good for years um, before they'd have to work again. Um, but yet they're not stopping to recognize that they're, they're really, it's almost like, um, you know, computer operating system that has a glitch in it, right? We're just doing whatever that operating system tells us to do. It's really important for us to go deep and be like, oh, I've got a bug there. I need to debug this. I need to replace that part of the code with something that's updated. You know, I'm not six years old anymore. I'm, you know, 40 and I can care for myself. I don't have to feel helpless because my dad doesn't have a job or whatever. The things you've talked about are so, so important. You talked about updating your software, you know, fixing that bug. So how do you actually fix that bug? How do you actually um, 
avoid burnout? How do you actually stop yourself from burning out? And if you already are burnt out, Mm -hmm. what do you do at that particular point? Well, I'll start with the first uh, question about how do you how do you change that programming? First of all, you know, if you find yourself in a situation and you're like, how the heck did I get here? I don't really like what's going on. See if you can go back and say, what's the pattern here? Because a lot of times it could be like, I always do this and this is what always happens, right? If that's the case, you went wrong someplace, you know, it's okay, right? I mean, it's, you were, it wasn't that you meant to go wrong. It's just that you're starting to recognize there, there's a pattern. So if you can go back and say, okay, what is the thing I'm thinking when I start going down this path? And it could be, I have to do this or, you know, I'll just give you an example. Um, I had a client who um, was very resentful of his boss because whenever she would assign something to him, he thought his thought process was that she wants it right now. And he'd be in the middle of something and she'd come and ask him for something. And he felt like he had to drop everything to do what she asked. And he was very resentful. And it's kind of funny because she had told him that he was going to get promoted, but yet she wasn't promoting him. And I thought, well, probably because you have such an attitude every time that she comes and asks for something. And so I said to him, are you sure that she wants the thing she's asking for right away? And he was like, oh, I just assumed she did. And I said, well, next time she comes and asks you for something, why don't you ask her when she needs it or say, can I get it to you on Monday? And she was fine with that. She did not want things immediately, but he was telling himself that she did, right? So there was this pattern, right? He gets an attitude. She thinks negatively about him, so she's not promoting him, you know? And anyway, so he changed, uh, he, he started asking her when she wanted things. And then he felt more empowered and happier because he didn't feel like he had to drop what he was doing. And like two weeks later, he gets promoted because I'm sure she was like, oh, look, he's finally like maturing. Right. Um, So that's that's just an example. But I do want to point out that just because you identify the thought process, it doesn't mean you can immediately change the habit like you're going to start to walk down that, you know, neural pathway that's been carved in your brain, because it's just a habit. But you might get halfway down the path, and you'll be like, Oh, yeah, like, I want to, I forgot to ask my boss when she needs it. Right. So maybe he starts to like jump right on it. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, I need to go ask her when she needs it by right. So you can change your behavior in the middle if you want to. But the more that you do that, the easier it's going to get. And the, and the more that you do it, even if you, you know, even if you went through the whole pattern and then you remembered like, oh yeah, I meant, I meant to do something different in that situation. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. Just the next time it comes up, try to remember and do something different, consciously do something different. And over time, if you keep doing this, you will build a new habit and you'll, you won't do the old thing or you'll do it rarely you'll do the new thing. And then if you're getting positive reinforcement, like in the case of my client, his boss was like, yeah, Monday's fine. He was getting positive reinforcement. He was like, oh, good. I can keep working on the thing I was working on. I have to drop it and be distracted. Um, so that's, that's how you, you know, you have to become aware of it. 
You have to consciously think what you want to do differently. And then when that thing pops up, you have to remember to do something different. And again, even if you start doing the old thing, it's okay. Just backtrack and do the new thing. So now I forgot what the second part of your question was, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was if you already are burnt out, what do you do at that point? Yes. Yes. Okay. What you do is, you know, so often, this is what I see so often when I start working with people is I'll say, what do you want in your situation? Like they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, this, these are all the horrible things. And this is why I feel terrible and blah, blah, blah. And my boss is horrible or my business is not going the way I want it to, whatever. Lots of complaining. It's okay. It's about venting, right? Like you feel the pain and you want to vent about it. Fine. But at some point we have to flip the table and say, what do you want this situation to look like? That sometimes can be hard for people or else they will say to themselves like, well, this is what I want it to look like, but this is the reasons why that won't happen. And I'm like, no way. Let's, we have to separate these things get a good vision of what you want your situation to look like and let it live don't smother it with all the reasons why it won't happen just let it live and then separately start thinking like what's one thing that i could do to make that happen and if you're burnt out and you and you want to feel refreshed or you want to lose weight or you want to have time with, with friends, whatever it is that's going to, that's part of that vision of what you want your life to look like. It might just be like a small baby step in that direction, but do it. Um, you know, when I was talking back about, you know, the time that I was probably most burnt out in my life after my um, second child was born and my sons are less than two years apart. So it was a lot, you know, I had like an infant and a toddler doing crazy, running around doing crazy things trying to clean the house and go to work and everything. Um, But I was so angry at that time that very briefly, I was like, I kind of blamed my husband. It wasn't his fault, but I kind of blamed him. And I was like fantasizing about divorcing him. (laughs) I mean, just for a moment. But what what we actually started doing was um, we would meet for lunch during the day. Like we both worked, but we worked close enough that we could get together and have lunch. And that's a very small thing, but it gave us time together. Like, we know, we both were going to eat lunch anyway. And it just gave us that time without the kids to reconnect and for him to hear about the things that were frustrating me. Um, But it could be, you know, other things people could do. It could be like spend 10 minutes a day meditating. It could be when you, um, you know, between client meetings, Stretch your legs, get up from your desk and walk outside for five minutes. Um, You know, drink more water. Like it could be anything, but like you have to start to envision what do you want your life to be like? And you're not going to be able to transform it immediately. It's a journey, right? But it's sort of like if you're going to go on a journey, I mean, this is kind of old school, right? But you got to get the map out and say, well, if I'm here and that's where I want to go, what's the first road I have to turn on to get there, right? Um, And it might change along the way, but you've got to, you know, think about that destination and then what's the path that you're going to take to get there and just put your foot on the path and just do one little thing. Mm, Wow, wow, wow. I love that point so much. Envision where you want to be and then take the 
small steps, the baby steps to get where you want to be. And I, I guess it's important to be patient with yourself, as you said, that it is a journey. Absolutely. You won't get it all. You won't get there overnight. Um, so you need to be patient with yourself and take it step by step. Thank you very much for sharing such these all of these insights, Terry. And I'm sure so many people want to know how they can reach you. So please do tell us how we can reach you and any call to action that you have for the audience at home. Yes. Well, Linda, before I go into that, one thing, I didn't mention this, but it's so important as part of what we were just talking about is that recognize, like love yourself Hmm. and recognize that you are worthy of happiness. Hmm. You are not put on this earth to toil away and not have any happiness. Love yourself through the process. You deserve it. Everyone deserves it. Please love yourself. Um, Cause you definitely deserve it. Don't, don't grind away without any happiness. <laughs> yeah. um, but if people want to get in touch with me, they can go to my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com. I'm also active on LinkedIn and my handle there is Terry B. McDougal. And um, my book is called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. And that is available on Amazon um, worldwide. So that's, that's how people can get in touch with me. All right. Everything will be linked down below. Uh, make sure to go get Terry's book. I definitely will check it out. And go check her out on social media and everything like that. Reach out to her. And thank you very much, Terry, for joining me for today's episode. Your insights were very amazing. And I guess right now it's time for me to allow you to go take the, that walk. And for me, I guess, to go drink some water and go sleep and get the re- that rest <laughs> that we were talking about. So thank you very much. Yeah. And to everyone who's watching, thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode Check me next time, same time, same place on The Clueless Entrepreneur. Till next time. And remember, it's okay to be clueless. Thank you very much to Ms. Terry McDougall for coming on the show and sharing all of those wonderful value bombs. And as we all know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I believe that now more than ever as entrepreneurs, we should really start taking our mental health seriously. I mean, as much as we want to grind and push so that we can make our business successful and sustainable, it is important that we take our mental health seriously, that we don't push ourselves to a point whereby we can't function anymore. So, please do take a break. Please do talk to somebody about whatever it is that you're going through. And let me tell you something, your business, your people, your employees, your clients will thank you once you are able to do that. Well, other than that, if you enjoyed today's show, then please do subscribe and tell your friends about it. Because if you're listening to this podcast, then you won't be clueless for long.